then I'll just <laughs> with my girlfriend two weeks before I went to play Survivor. No, you didn't. Oh, girl, I'm telling you, I was going through it. <laughs> no. when she, like a BB moment, which is like a beautiful black moment. Did we get any of those in this episode? Black. We have a chaotic five moment. Chaotic five moment. Hello, you're watching or listening to Black Bi Reality Podcast. I'm Nicole Weaver, and I'm an entertainment writer currently working in the reality TV section on Collider, and I am your host. I'm so excited that we have Katura Tops for second time talking about Survivor 45 and her life afterwards. I got some delicious black queer tea in this interview that I'm so excited for you guys to hear. But first, baddies, we need a family meeting. So there's going to be so much good reality TV coming up this spring that I wanted to let you know what is coming. Be on the lookout for our recaps of The Traders, which starts this Friday. Very excited. I'm planning, hoping to have on guests, maybe from the reality TV world. Um, but also my partner, Jordan Scruggs, loves this show. So we will be recapping a few episodes together. Uh, next, Love is Blind Season 6 is coming on Valentine's Day. And I will be back with Quita Tinsley to talk about those episodes after they drop. Next, Couples to Thruple, guys. It's a new show. We have no clue really what to expect, but it's also coming on February 8th. So if you're watching, we will be watching too, and you can catch us talking about it on this channel. And lastly, the end of the month of February, Survivor is coming back for season 46. I want to do something for that, like we did a little something this time for season 45, so just keep on the lookout. The best way to not miss any of this is by subscribing on YouTube or following the podcast on your podcast apps. Uh, it doesn't hurt to also follow us across the socials. I try to keep it different, switch it up, and keep it updated, so other than that, that's all of our business in this family meeting coming to a close. And here's our interview with Katura Tops. I am here with Katura Tops of Survivor 45. Once again, how are you doing, Katura? Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm actually doing really well. It's been a crazy whirlwind experience, and I'm still riding the high. That's good. I, I'm so happy to hear that. I actually want to start this off with an apology to you. Uh -oh. because no. Why? What happened? Our, <laughs> no, no, no. Our last interview, I brought up heroes versus villains. Mm -hmm. And at the time, I thought you would be a good person for the villain side. And I said, you're a villain of Heart of Gold. I have rewatched the whole season with Katora. <laughs> glasses on to prep glasses. For this interview mm -hmm, okay mm -hmm. and i'm like oh no, no 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 this is this is where i got it wrong you're very much the hero but i think in stories where no one listens to the hero yes it comes across as yes. a villain yes 
yes to that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly that. You know, I somebody was asking, you know, oh, would you ever play Survivor again? I'm like, absolutely, 100%. And they said, if you had to be on heroes versus villains, do you think you would get passed as a hero or a villain? And I was like, honestly, I think there was a large part of um, during the season airing where people were calling me a villain or thinking mm -hmm. of me as a villain. But in reality, you know, I'm not trying to say like I'm a hero, but I like I really don't feel like I was a villain at all. Sorry. I think yeah. the opposite <laughs> tell where I am. I know. That's yeah, so, like the so annoying. Around. But yeah, I really don't feel like I was a villain. I don't, I don't want to be a villain. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Calling it as it is means you're a villain. Then let me call exactly. it. Exactly. <laughs> it's like it's the confessionals you give good confessionals and like the villains are they are less inhibited. So yeah. I think that's where it leans in it. But even if we even go by like the Bruce versus Katura storyline, there were so many people who finally were on the Katura train of yeah. seeing it. After but, about what, 15, 16, 17 days? <laughs> oh my gosh. But oh, before we get oh to all that. Yeah, I, yeah. I want to talk about a little bit of your pre-survivor or early days. So the yeah. first one is that you said, um, first of all, when did you start watching Survivor? I'm very curious of how Survivor comes into play in your early life. Yeah, great question. So I, you know, thinking of me as an adult, I'll start with that because I have a vague background memory of Survivor in my life like early, early on, I'm pretty sure in those early seasons, like Survivor was just everywhere. It's like impossible mm -hmm. to not have it. But I didn't really have like a clear recollection of it. Um, and so in 2020, now mind you, I'm civil rights lawyer, right? So yeah. my, uh, I'm a civil rights lawyer that specifically focuses on the protection and empowerment and growth of black people. Mm -hmm. um, and one of my areas of expertise is addressing um, systems of harm, such as policing, mm -hmm. um, that, that give harm to black people. So 2020, as a civil rights lawyer, yeah. dealing with policing, um, mm -hmm. it was rough. It was one of the hardest years of my life. We were extremely stressed with work. I was the attorney handling the George Floyd cases at my large law firm. I was mm -hmm. the one who brought the George Floyd case to my law firm and like had to review the footage first. Um, I was also dealing with investigating a lot of the racial disparities around black people in COVID reaction mm. and kind of trying to give governments information on why black people were dying at larger rates than any other group from COVID. Mm. So I was constantly surrounded in black death. Um, mm. There's no other way to put that. I was just constantly being reminded of this is what it's like to be black in my country. I am constantly under risk. Um, and I just needed something to escape. I needed mm. something to say, you know what? I am not thinking about this country right now. I'm not thinking about this government. Let me just escape. Even if it's not realistic, let me escape into another world. And I remember I had a deadline due for something. And I was procrastinating. And I had a friend over. And I was like, let's just turn on Netflix. <laughs> and we turned on Netflix. I'm like, I just need something in the background. And I saw survivor and i think it was season 28 
Kayayan, I think that's Kayayan. Um, and I just started watching the first episode because I was like, this show feels familiar. I feel like I know this. Mm. And immediately got hooked. Immediately was like, oh, I don't know this as my adult brain, you know? And yeah. then 2020 and 2021, I rewatched, I watched all seasons and then rewatched it again in 2021. And by okay. 2022, at any point in my life, if you talk to me, Survivor was just on in the background. Literally mm-hmm. at, at TV, <laughs> it's like it was just like like music. It was just always on in the background because it was my favorite show, and I got so obsessed with it. So yeah. technically, 2020, um, I would say I started, but I do feel like there's some background knowledge of it somewhere. That's amazing, and I think very familiar. I I'm the same way. During the pandemic, I was in New York. Survivor, the two seasons that were on Netflix was what yep. hooked me in. I am still trying to go back to older seasons as I'm keeping up with newer, but that that all makes sense. So my question is, were there any female, black female castaways from the past that you were inspired by, wanted oh, to take little things from your game? Who? Of course, they're the only one black female castaway from the past who's won, Vesepia. Okay. <laughs> so when I, after I watched those seasons on Netflix, and I think they only had two, then I was like watching everything. And honestly, it started with me, I was watching the season, a later season where Boston Rob was there. It wasn't quite Winners at War, but it was like another, mm-hmm. it wasn't the first one. And I was like, God, this man is beautiful. I want to see what he looked like when he first got on Survivor when he was young. Yeah. And so I Googled what was Boston Rob's first season. It was season four. And so I picked up starting at season four, and that happened to be the season of the Sepia One. And uh, I remember being so shocked and thinking, oh, my God, a black woman won this show. Surely, you know, there's going to be other black women who won the show. Let me see their seasons. And there were none. There Mm -hmm. were literally none. Mm -hmm. Um, Of course, we got Marianne in the new era. But that that just happened, you know. Yep. Yeah, I remember thinking if I ever go on Survivor, I need to kind of model myself after Vesepia because, you know, she won in season four and then there were no other black women to win for, you know, I I promised myself that if I was with a white interviewer, I would name all the years, season five, six, seven, eight, to like show how extreme that was. Mm -hmm. Um, So I just knew that if I were to play the game, I have Vesepia in my mind for all of my like survivor prep notes. It was like, you really don't get to go far in this Mm -hmm. game as a black woman, unless people view you as disposable and forgettable and in the background and not a threat because as mm-hmm. soon as they find any little thing that they can jump on and say, oh, look at you, you're aggressive, you're violent, you're annoying, you're distracting to the tribe, you're too physical, like whatever it is, those stereotypes will come in and it'll cut you. And I saw that happen with every single black woman player on Survivor until Marianne. Mm-hmm. And honestly, Marianne's strategy is very similar to Vesepia. Yeah. Marianne got taken to the final three because they so underestimated her. They so mm-hmm. viewed her as a nothing. That's how we get to Katura lying about being a lawyer. <laughs> yes, yes. That makes sense. Okay, again, preseason. Yeah. So I was like, I'm very interested. Of course, you guys have to work with production on the clothes. You have a nice athleisure 
you would want that outfit. There's some people who have outfits that are just not right oh, yeah. for Fiji. I got so lucky. Production was awesome with my clothes. I love them. <laughs> but is it like, do they then take into account of, hey, I'm not saying I'm a lawyer. And I also noticed you had some gold jewelry, which I also kept in mind that you were so about lowering, like, your your self to be under the radar. I'm like, well, what does the jewelry come into play and the and the outfit? So please talk about it. Yes, yes. So we actually had a lot of issues around wardrobe because, um, you know, the theme of Survivor is really to make it look like you just were living your regular life and then you got shipwrecked and now you're on an island stranded. So if you're a lawyer, you would be wearing a jacket or a blazer, you know, and, and not this athleisure wear. And so they really wanted me to wear this damn blazer that was like a very serious court blazer. Um, and I was like, no, absolutely not. Because I know Survivor fans know the premise behind that. And they're going to be like, why are you wearing a blazer? Like, where, where does the blazer come in in your regular life? And so um, we had a little bit of back and forth, but I don't know if you'll see it. But basically, you know, obviously production won. And I'm, I'm going in the game with this blazer, but I tie it around my waist. Oh. 98% of the time you see me, there is no blazer. Okay. And when you see me with it, it's like day one on the barge. Because, you know, it's our first day and we have to have it on. So I just tie it on my waist so people aren't seeing it on me. Mm. Um, and then literally, luckily, when I jumped off the barge on day one, the blazer was tied around my waist. And so it filled up with water underneath me and it made me sink a little bit. Yeah. And so Kelly and I um, were laughing about how heavy the blazer is, how much water it holds. And I casually was like you know what this blazer is cursed I'm never gonna wear it again <laughs> and that was kind of my excuse to like put it to the side and it literally did not come up unless it yeah. was like raining and I needed it to protect myself but right. I didn't want them to even see me in anything that look remotely professional or intimidating in any way oh yes so that's very interesting because you do pop up in like a brown and it was big I was like who's whose jacket is this? And it was a different blazer, but it was like, it was not yours. I knew that for sure, but that was great. Um, speaking of Kelly, she yes. is another queer woman who was on your yes. tribe. Last time we spoke, you were like, oh, we're going to bond over, you know, the queer clubs in New York. I'm guessing Cubby Hole. And, Cubby Hole, exactly. And I, yeah. <laughs> That's so funny. Um, but what was the other talk? Because we got so much of that in 44 with our very queer purple tribe. I'm like mm -hmm. still, still hungry for those little nuggets. <laughs> Yeah, well, the the crazy thing was, I quickly recognized that Kelly had a lot of power, um, mm -hmm. just by being who she is, and that the men were gravitating towards her, Bruce was gravitating towards her, and the women, of course, were gravitating towards her. And so I was like, I need to make sure that I'm making this connection last. Um, and it just so happened, she casually mentioned her fiance one day, and I was like, you're a fiance? And she's a woman? Oh, I'm in there. Like, let's just, yeah. this is perfect. So we bonded about our coming out stories. We talked about like the first time we watched women on TV, um, gay women on TV. So I think hers is, um, it's not the great. L word. No, not the L word. No. It's, it's the cute. Okay. This sounds really gay and inappropriate, but the cute gay cheerleaders. Glee. Yes. Glee. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and Brittany that was the first time. 
Yeah, exactly. That we saw like a lesbian relationship with two femmes. And so mm -hmm. we talked about that because Kelly and I are both femme presenting women. Um, mm -hmm. So we talked about that. We talked about Cubbyhole. We talked about a few other gay bars in New York and our experiences with that. And it was just really cool to be able to share that. But quite honestly, I mean, obviously, I, I wanted to make sure that I was representing and being explicit in my queer identity on the mm -hmm. show. But I specifically was trying to say queer instead of lesbian. Yeah. To keep all options open, you know, in case I need to strategize by flirting with a guy. Okay. Or something is a possibility. You know, I really just, I kind of came into the game in defense mode. I, I mm -hmm. felt like I had to just prepare for every option. And so I would talk about being a queer woman instead of a lesbian. And she's okay. talking about lesbian. <laughs> like, no, no, I have a fiance. Don't do that. Don't need to worry about that. Okay, yeah. got it. But the crazy um, thing is, we, I feel like I talked most about my, like, same-sex relationships with D, oddly enough, on the other okay. side. Because Kelly's and I was, like, to get to know each other. Yeah. But it was quickly becoming clear that, like, you know, we our tribe was going different ways and everything. And so when I finally connected with D on the other end way, way later, and it was like, oh, this is, like, a deep, friendship is forming mm -hmm. and I felt comfortable you know I talked about my ex-girlfriend and all this. <laughs> I also with my girlfriend two weeks before I went to play Survivor no you didn't oh girl I'm telling you I was going through it <laughs> okay, okay okay I know I know a lot a lot to unpack <laughs> how are you going so what was your uh, like mindset especially that you're seeing a showman's in front of you i know i know <laughs> and i was like damn it if i didn't feel single before exactly <laughs> so single now yeah it, it was crazy but um you know i think that's what survivor does it really reminds you of your strength mm -hmm. your power the people who are with you the people who are supporting you and the people who aren't because yeah. even before going into the game you know i was like i didn't i don't want to have an emotional major change in my life right before i go do this really emotionally draining thing of playing mm -hmm. survivor but I'm also unwilling to be in any space that I don't feel is serving me. And yeah. I, I feel proud enough to say, wow, I'm the kind of person who these casters selected. I'm the kind of person who got on this show, who sent in the video on a Friday night and they called me Monday morning. Wow. You know, yes. I love you not to be like too much, but I felt no. me, I, I'm typically a very confident person and I, I do think that 2020 and 2021 broke me like those were hard hard years to exist period I think, mm -hmm. I think for everybody those were mm -hmm. really hard years you know it's not common that a freaking global pandemic is happening and people are just dying constantly but particularly to be black during that time mm -hmm. that always has to be said and I'll never stop saying that I think black people got a really really difficult hand during 2020 and 2021 because you watched as my systems my governments my communities and a random plague are all attacking my mm -hmm. um and i was in a really dark place and 
in 2022, I was just coming out of that again. I was coming into my light and like reconnecting to myself and my people and my community and feeling good again. Mm. Kind of what led me to Survivor, you know, I'm feeling excited. I'm feeling strong again. You know, my therapist is like, you're doing great. And I'm like, I know I went outside today. We <laughs> love that. Yeah. And so I felt very proud of the progress that I was making with myself individually, with myself professionally. Um, and I needed my personal life to reflect that. And so yeah. it, it was kind of like, I didn't want to break up with her, of course, but if it's got to get done, it's got to get done. It's got to get done. Okay. I, I'm I'm derailing a little bit. I know. I'm you... sorry. Tell me if no, I can no, no. and bring me back. <laughs> no, no, no. no. I, I'm derailing, but I'm like, it's a black queer podcast. This is what it, this yes. is for. So are you one of those who are like, oh, we, we stay friends with our exes. Did, are you friends with the ex? Did they watch Survivor? Are they... <laughs> Are you chatting about all that? <laughs> no. We <laughs> said boundaries. I boundaries. Mean, I will say the best, one of the best gems that I got from Survivor, and I got so many gems, but one mm -hmm. of the best ones is, okay, cheesy alert. I'm about to say something really corny. Um, I did not expect to have such a close relationship with another Black queer woman from the show. And I'm telling you, I love Sabaya like nobody's business. Mind you, I yes. never played one day of the game with her. Not I a know. single day. And I was planning. I was like, ooh, let me get off of this tribe, Lord. Yeah. This is somebody who can acknowledge and see me and, like, actually appreciate me. Mm -hmm. and fight to be viewed as valuable, right? Mm -hmm. Let me be around somebody who will automatically know that I'm valuable. Mm -hmm. um, so I was so excited to get to her, but we never did. And that's what's so crazy is because Tobia is one of the people that I'm closest to from the cast. Yeah. And so I say that to say when the season premiered and, you know, that ex started popping back up, you know, I would talk to Tobia and I'd be like, do you think I should call her? You think I should <laughs> and Tobia almost led me astray. <laughs> about to do something really big and see ourselves mm -hmm. on TV like it might mm -hmm. be nice to have that support system and you know temptation is there you yeah know, we get a little tempted but no at the yes. end of the day no I yes. I'm so grateful for just the journey of self-discovery that mm -hmm. Survivor has given me and that touches all areas of my life mm -hmm. and, and I've always been that girl who said um you know I don't ever worry about a partner like being disrespectful or cheating or not fulfilling what I need because I'm like, if you lose me, <laughs> that's that's the biggest hurt you'll have is you. Absolutely. So yeah, I'm like, she just needs to live the rest of her life knowing she'll never talk to me again. <laughs> I know I'm not trying to no. you're gonna get me in trouble. No, 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 no. <laughs> Like, I'm sure she's gonna watch this. So yeah. sure and, you know. Just just hit block. Just hit mute. Don't even oh, she's it. blocked on everything. Okay. Oh, I don't once, but, I, once I'm done, I'm done. But what we talked about, you answered so many of my questions because like the last thing you said to Jeff was, I'm on a healing journey. I am growing. Yeah. So like yeah. that answered that. I again I really relate to you and like cults <laughs> like families on both oh, sides really? having ties to that and also having to go no contact with a parent um so then I was going to ask chosen family like who in Survivor is part of that so Sophia is there anyone else Kendra 
Kendra. Kendra. Nice. Kendra, nice. always Kendra. I love Kendra so much. Yeah, and you know, it's it's crazy that you mentioned the cult and the family stuff. You know, I really struggled with whether or not I even wanted to bring up the cult on Survivor. You said it was the first time. So when did you decide that that was? I decided to say it about 10 seconds before I said it. Um, It'd be like that. (laughs) I mean, it really does. I, I went back and forth, to be fair. I was thinking about it because I did say to myself, I want to make sure that I obviously win, (laughs) but I want to make sure also that I'm coming in and learning something about me, that I'm walking away in a different state than when I came in. I don't want to just come in and do this really incredible, amazing experience and then Mm. walk out and be like, okay, I'm just the same, right? Like I wanted to make sure and give myself space for that. And for Mm. people who survive cults the way I have, and it sounds like maybe you have some experience with it, you spend so much of your life keeping other people's secrets. So much of my life. And honestly, even just being a black person, like especially a black girl, mm-hmm. right? I feel like there's a lot of that mantra. What happens in this house stays in this house. Mm-hmm. Right? You, don't, you don't bring the outside world into our business. And there's a lot mm-hmm. of cool reasons that black people have had to mm-hmm. protect what happens in their house, right? We know that that can be weaponized against us in many ways, yep. but modernly I feel like it harms victims because you get used to just being quiet about stuff and you know I I was 13 engaged to like a 68 year old white man you know that (sighs) that yeah (sighs) you know it doesn't go away it's not Mm -hmm. something that goes away and at the time you know I thought it was normal my whole world everybody Mm -hmm. celebrated Mm -hmm. this this was a positive thing Mm -hmm. and so that yeah. kind of gives you, if you could just imagine what it's like to be a 13-year-old girl preparing mm. for this, right? Getting told mm. what your destiny is, to make babies, to raise children, and to work your whole life. Um, and then being like, oh, when I finally get out of this, yay, I'm on the other side. I get to access freedom. And being slapped with the reality that this country has never thought about giving you freedom and probably never will. Mm. It's really, It's really like a lot to process. And I'm on this journey of just being being like, I've got to do what I got to do to make me feel whole, mm-hmm. to make myself feel happy. Um, and so I really thought carefully about how I would say it. But in the moment, I was so nervous, Nicole, like as I was saying it, to, mm. I waited for the producer who I felt the closest with to come for my confessional. I was like, I need him. You see, I don't I don't even say it till day 20 because I was mm-hmm. afraid of saying it and then getting voted out and it'd be like, I just bared all my soul. I was afraid of like people from the cult coming back to like harm me or like search for me afterwards. Cause my name mm-hmm. is Katura. It was Katura in the cult, like, you know, yeah. very easy to track, but there's something about saying, let me just tap into whatever that strength is inside of me. And I feel like a lot of people can relate to that, right? Like just, mm-hmm. you know, you got strength inside of you yep. tap into it and run with it and it'll be okay. That's a great message. A great message. Yeah. I was, um, I'll say generation. I'm probably like second generation. Like I'm seeing the effects mm. of parents being raised in that. And oh, gotcha. In close. Mm-hmm. Oh. And it's a lot. And like, yeah, yeah. So I, I feel you on all of that. Yeah. Um, yeah. the first time around I told you I skipped the episode. Um, yeah. Yeah, I did watch it last night. Oh no! No, 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 no! I 
I felt like doing it. And I was like, I want to like bear witness to all of your story to talk Thank this you. time around. I appreciate that. I want to talk about, we did, we already talked about this was more about the letter, but yeah. let's talk about the swimming. Yeah. So I'm very curious, have you swam since? Did we extrapolate <laughs> that Nicole, kind of society from you're that? asking the good juicy questions. <laughs> <laughs> This is good because most people just want to know, like, do I know how to swim? And did I know how to swim before Survivor? And that's like a really easy one to answer. Yeah. But post-Survivor swimming is a whole different thing. Um, I'll first set it up and say, I, I like the person I am, you, you don't survive a cult and, you know, the childhood and life that I've had without having a spirit of determination. Mm. And so what I had in my mind that I was going on Survivor, I was like, nothing's going to stop me. Seriously, not a girlfriend that's going off the hinges, not a swimming inability, like nothing. So I hired a personal swim coach um, way back in like October of 2022. And we yeah. I took private swim lessons with her every week. And by the time I was getting ready to go into the game, I was swimming two hours every day. Comfortable. Yeah. So my swimming skills were still relatively new. I'm not somebody who can say I've been swimming since I was a child, but mm -hmm. still to go, right? Yeah. Like good to go. Um, and I, I do think it was something about that day, um, the panic attack day, because I didn't know it was a panic attack. Yeah, yeah. And then no one used that term at that exact moment. And it wasn't mm -hmm. until watching the show back and seeing people on Twitter and Reddit and everything, and they would all say, clearly this was a panic attack yep. related to her getting these letters from her mom. I didn't even know it then, though. Yep. And it's crazy because when I got the letters, I was so discombobulated. This was a huge reward. This was our mm -hmm. biggest reward of the season. It was the first time that we got beds. And I just remember it was four of us and all three of the other girls were laying in their own little beds mm. and I was laying in mine and I was like, you are so lucky. You finally have a bed. You need to sleep. Mm -hmm. Oh, I couldn't sleep. I know. I had about seven minutes of sleep that whole night. Yeah. I sat there sobbing the whole mm -hmm. night. And mm -hmm. I trying to be like, just get it together. Just You need to let it go and just be ready. You got to keep going. And I just couldn't get it. I couldn't. And so the next day, I'm like sleep deprived. I'm shaking. I'm nervous. I'm scared. And I didn't realize how much it knocked me off track. <clears throat> and so, yeah, it kind of made water feel uh, scary because mm -hmm. I connected to the panic attack. And I was just like, did you just regress? You know, like, did your swimming skills just get in the way? Like, like I couldn't figure out what was happening with my body. Um, so it took me a little bit to get back into water, but yeah. I came back home and all the lifeguards who I got to know too well because I was at the pool every day for survival, yeah. like, bring your butt back here. We have yeah. one months. And so I started swimming again and it feels so good because good. it's like my freedom, you know, I'm like, yeah. my ultimate goal as a black girl was like, I want to swim naked in the ocean. I, that, that's what yeah. I myself. I'm like, I want to be able to swim naked in the ocean. That is the one place that nobody gets to grab me or put chains or restrictions on me in any way. I'm just there. I'm free. I'm a human. I'm connected to nature. Um, and I, I never wanted to let that go. And so yeah. I was like, I am not going to let this moment and survivor derail me completely. Yeah. By the way, the dive you did back with everyone was Thank you. I was going to say, our swim instructor was, so she is a professional synchronized swimmer. So okay. she's 
been in the like Olympics for synchronized swimming. So she's amazing. And I think that's another reason to like always have her in my head, like form technique. My, my stroke is amazing. My dives are amazing. You just don't get to see it because I wasn't living free and breathing happy and normal and regular, you know? Right, right. But yeah. I know the next time I'm not even getting letters. <laughs> Feel you. Oh, next time I'm not even giving letters. Nicole, we, yeah. have, we have, should have done this for an hour because I know. I, I I'm like, we need more time together. I, know. <laughs> I regret it. I regret it so much. Um, but yeah, uh, that that answers a lot. Um, I actually wanted to talk about you and Jeff. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I I know it seems it, but I'm telling you, when I rewatched it, I was like, there is something with you and Jeff. <laughs> like I feel that. So um one of them was that Jeff turned to you. Everyone was shocked when Sabaya was oh at home. Right. Obviously you said didn't even play with her, have, probably never talked to her, but he asked you, like, what what what's this reaction? And you said, you know, Sabaya seemed to be like the voice of reason on Lulu. Like what was yeah. that read and everything? Well, I think he probably asked me because I was devastated. Like mm. I was shocked and I couldn't even hide it. By that time, I was already starting to feel the way Bella was treating me. Mm-hmm. And I was already starting to get the vibe that everybody's going to follow Bruce and Bruce hates Couture. And like, there's no way around it. You know, like that was yeah. the energy I was already starting to feel. So I just kept telling myself, other people once you get to connect to other people and of course I'm thinking of this cool ass chick I mean Sabaya just gave strength and confidence and her energy just said everything that we all thought like she was a powerhouse and she Mm -hmm. gives that naturally and so I think we were all shocked but I was like no don't let it go so I think that's probably why he asked me (laughs) I also think Jeff turned to you a lot during the challenges to like narrate was there a reason why you know lucky I guess I was really lucky that I do feel like I got to give a lot of narration to the show. Um, I feel very proud of that and and really grateful for that. But I also think I'm just expressive. Okay. So like I would actually, you know, accidentally be like, damn, or what? Or, oh my goodness, you gotta be kidding me. Like a lot lot of that to where even the guy who was like, he's like, I'm responsible for your, your mic and all that stuff. He's like, we had so much Katura little ad libs all the time that it was like there's Katura again. So, yeah, yeah. I think it was just literally a matter of me being overly expressive, and you know, thankfully, I'm still relatively new to Survivor. Like, I don't feel like I'm a super super fan where I'm that kind of person who's been watching it forever and know all the details. And so because of that, I wasn't as censored with myself. And I think they, you know, it turns out maybe I guess people like the honesty. <laughs> yeah. All right. It looks like that's all of our time today. It was oh. so good talking to you, Katara. Always great talking to you, Nicole. I can't yeah. wait till we talk more and for other stuff. But yes. Yeah. Um, where do you want people following you? What are you going to be doing next? Yes, yes. So on social media and my Instagram, I'm Oak Couture, H-A-U-T-E-K-T-U-R. But really, I'm starting a YouTube channel. And I'm hoping to like document a lot of my survivor experiences there and a lot of my times there and just kind of talk about my life overall. So I'm hoping a lot of goodies are coming down the line. So yeah, follow my YouTube at Couture Tops. All right. Have a good one. Bye. Thank you, Nicole. Have a great day. You too. Bye.